Hey ladies, welcome back to the show. I am your friendly dietitian, Trisha, and I am so happy to have you here. On today's episode, we are going to talk about food cravings. This is something that I've wanted to talk about for a while, but I feel like it just kind of kept going by the wayside. So we're going to talk about how to identify and stop any food cravings or just solutions to perhaps try to figure out how to stop food cravings so that you can get to a place that you're achieving the health goals that you so desire. Before we start the episode, I want to remind you that the best way to promote and to expand this podcast so that I can continue to bring you more and more episodes would be to rate, review, or subscribe to this podcast. Um, Another really great way to do that is to share this episode with any friends that you have so that we can grow this podcast and continue the conversation about all things women over 40 and the things that you may be experiencing when it comes to your health, wellness, and self-care goals. All right, so when we talk about food cravings, what are food cravings? I know that you all know what food cravings are because I know that you've experienced food cravings as have most people. So when we talk about food cravings, I'm going to um, quote some of this information from, there is an article um, in the National Institute of Health that kind of goes through some of these things about statistics and um, cravings. So really what happens with cravings are, and especially when it comes to your health goals, is that you may have a desire for a certain food, but then you also have this other desire to maintain your health goals. And craving that healthy food may, in fact, take you a little further from the health goals that you have. So that presents a problem because you have two opposing wishes, and both of them may be true. So when we talk about food cravings, what are we talking about? We're talking about this intense desire for a certain food item. And it feels like you can't get quite satiated until you eat that particular food. Um, In that article, they cite food cravings as defined as a strong desire to eat. And that it's extremely common and 90% of the population have experienced some form of a food craving. And why food cravings can be difficult is that if you have a goal and a health goal in particular, having those food cravings could be something that actually takes you away from the goal that you desire, as we talked about. So what what kind of seems to be a predictor of weight gain is eating and cravings are usually associated with that. So that's why we're talking about this. Um, with women, it tends to be that women have different cravings than men and that women experience um, cravings more frequently, it seems, than men do. And they think that it's mostly because of the monthly hormonal variations that happen with your menstrual cycle and that men don't have. And then also, as we'll get into, there's also um, 
different things that happen with our hormones, like an imbalance of our hormones, which will put women more at risk for craving, um, for craving food and different things than perhaps men. And what they also know is, is that weight cycling, so this is when your weight goes back and forth and back and forth. And I, I did a recent podcast episode on that. So if that's something that you're interested in, go back and, and check that out. I, I don't even think it was five episodes ago. Um, so what they found is that people and women in particular who went on diets and did this weight cycling where they would lose weight and then gain it back, they noticed that there was an increased frequency of cravings and then also an increased intensity of craving, which they associated also with um, binge eating disorder. So that's another reason why diets don't work and one of another caveat in terms of weight cycling. So when we talk about cravings, like how does it start, right? So think about when you are craving something and kind of what is going behind it or, and, and kind of trying to figure out what's happening in your world when that happens. And let me know if you think any of these and uh, any of these things are um or something that you may be experiencing. So you could be a craving because perhaps you saw something on TV. Um you know, I've definitely had times where I see pizza on TV or I'm watching people drink wine and then all of a sudden I then want those things, even though I hadn't even thought about them. But now all of a sudden I cannot stop thinking that I need to have them. Um, there may be a particular like um, a, a particular smell. So maybe if for you, it's like chocolate chip cookies. Like I know if I are making chocolate chip cookies, even if I don't want it, I have the desire for it because there's something very comforting to me about that smell. Um, other things people will say too, like anything familiar in their childhood, um, perhaps they're not even hungry for it, but that just the familiarity of it and the comfort of that also will, you know, kind of lead to wanting and craving that food item because of the comfort that it, it stimulates in your brain and that it provides to you. <clears throat> other people and this might be you and and by the way you might have different times you may crave different things for different reasons I suspect that's really what it is I suspect there's lots of cravings going on and it's probably for different things depending on whatever situation you're in at that particular time so another reason why women may experience cravings and again men experience cravings too but women seem to be um at a higher risk with different with different fluctuations in their hormones but there's also a lot of things that happen with women in terms of emotions that can also happen with men but um for women for you you know you may have had a really long day at work and you feel like you're really tired you may be feeling anxious or sad you may <clears throat> just want some kind of numbness in your world and you just want to kind of veg out and perhaps there's something in you that's like all right I just want something that's going to make me feel good and maybe that is a reason why you start to have cravings and then lastly you know you could have a hormonal imbalance which is very common and pre and postmenopausal women so when you are having 
menstruation. There is those different um, changes in your hormones related to your cycle. But then also, you still have some of those changes after you go through menopause because you have you have different fluctuation and imbalances of your leptin and ghrelin, which is your appetite and fullness hormones. So all of these things, in addition to your lifestyle in general, could be contributing to you having and feeling like you're craving something that maybe you otherwise wouldn't be craving. So the dilemma here when we talk about cravings is is that essentially you're in this place that, again, you have two opposing things that can be true. You want to have this increased um, increased health, but then also you're craving this food. And what can what will typically probably happen is that your health goals are something that are going to be and take longer to achieve. But eating that particular food that you really want and that you're craving is going to give you a really quick fix and you're going to get that dopamine hit that you're going to be like, all right, I want that. I want that now. So you're kind of in this position where you're trying to figure out if you want that instant pleasure or gratification or do you, you know, you kind of not do it, but then ends up maybe eating more later but then also being worried that it might take you longer to get to your health goals. Um, and also, you know, I think when you're in that situation and you're craving something, it's kind of like, well, fuck my health goals because I'm craving this, right? Because if you're not there, you're not close enough to it, it makes it really hard to be on the top of your brain that that's what you're trying to do. Also, I think for a lot of different things, when it comes to cravings, it's probably a behavior that you've done in the past that you've been able to reinforce a lot. Whereas looking at your health goal may, may be something that isn't really automatic to you because perhaps you haven't reinforced that behavior. And so that's kind of where some of the dilemma comes into play when it comes to cravings. So what are some of the solutions and what are some of the things that we can do about it? Well, I think first for cravings, the number one thing that I would say is really trying to figure out what is happening with these cravings in your body. Are you feeling like you're truly hungry or is the craving related to something else that's going on? So the real part here is listening to your body because the solution is going to be dependent on what is happening. So if you are truly hungry, if you are like, gosh, I'm so hungry, well, then you eat something because you don't want to not eat something. If you're hungry, you eat. You always eat if you're hungry, right? And because that's one of the ways that you can really start to listen to your body and get an idea of what is happening in your body is if you is if you start to become more in touch with that. So you never want to deprive yourself of that if you're hungry. You never, you don't want to do that. However, if you feel like you're craving something, but you're not really hungry, this is where you're probably going to want to dig a little bit more. And you want to try to figure out what is the underlying cause of the craving. Is it something like it's a habit? So... You know, I know there's a lot of people that maybe you're watching TV and it's the end of the night and you always go and get a snack at the end of the night. Well, of course, then you're going to get a craving at that particular time because that's what you do every night. You go 
and you get whatever you want at seven o'clock at night and then you eat something. And so I would challenge you to really try to figure out if you're hungry at that particular time or if it's a habit. And if it's more of a habit, then perhaps maybe do something else or kind of wait it out and see what you can do if you can kind of resist that craving because you're actually not hungry for it. Is it more like not habit, but it's more like something is there and you want it because it's there and maybe it's like the whole TV thing. Like maybe it's something that like somebody else is eating or you saw something on TV or it smells really good and you want it. Number one thing, ask yourself, am I hungry? Because that's going to dictate what you do next. If you're not hungry, then try to do something else and see if, just kind of see and and sit with that emotion that maybe is is going on underneath of it. And then that's the thing is like, are you experiencing any underlying emotion? And if you are, what can you do instead? So we also talk about this with emotional eating that most people know what to do when it comes to whatever their health goals are. Most people have a general idea of what the criteria looks like for making different changes. And most people even kind of have an idea of what they can do to get there. But it's this part of it when you're in a place that you're not quite at your goal and you haven't maybe even really I don't know, like you just haven't really managed the emotions or really identified what some of the underlying emotions are. And then this is where it really matters because you kind of have to have or identify what the underlying emotion is that's causing this craving and then try to figure out what you can do instead. So perhaps if you're feeling like, oh my God, like I deserve this because it's a long day at work. Perhaps there's something else that you can do. Perhaps you go to sleep, especially if you're feeling really tired. Um, That's a really big one, having that, like that you're sleep deprived. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, And I know that it's very hard to make good decisions when you're feeling when you're feeling really tired. So we can talk a little bit about that with the next one, but really kind of dig into trying to figure out if you're if you're A, hungry, and if you are, to eat something, and then B, trying to figure out if there's an underlying emotion here. Are you are you tired? Are you are you bored? Are you procrastinating? Are you stressed? I know for me personally, when I don't really want to do something and I'm either stressed or I'm avoiding or I'm procrastinating, I find myself in that kitchen. I'm not even hungry, but it's just like, I don't have anything to do with my energy. And so I ha- I need like an outlet for it. And probably what would work a little bit better for me is to either, you know, go for a walk or write something down or read a book to distract me. Or sometimes even if I just go and meditate, it kind of like just resets my brain and helps manage the underlying emotion because that's really the solution here. If it isn't related to hunger, these cravings that you're having, trying to find a way that you can deal with the underlying emotions instead of eating. And that's not going to just be for cravings. That's going to be probably for a lot of the health goals that you may have, because I think why we, why we don't do these health goals and why we do do them are 
basically relate it to these underlying emotions. So if you can find a way to kind of manage those underlying emotions, you'd have to identify what they are first and then really try to figure out if there's something else that you can do that will become an outlet for them besides food, which maybe has been something that you've been doing for a really long time. And then doing that behavior, the new behavior over and over again, so that you can reinforce that behavior until it becomes a little bit more of a habit than it might be now. So the first thing is trying to figure out if you're hungry, if you are each, if you're not under, figure out what the underlying cause or emotion is of that particular craving, and then figure out a replacement, a replacement thing that you can do besides eating and so the next thing that we're going to do besides the first thing is really take an assessment and looking at your day or your week that you've had so far I would ask kind of the questions are you sleep deprived are you drinking enough water are you stressed all of these things sleep deprivation stress they all contribute to having an increase in cortisol and an increase in cortisol cortisol are stress hormones and so what typically tends to trigger these stress hormones is things like not getting enough sleep and having stress that is not controlled and what that ends up doing is it ends up it ends it ends up leading to cravings women will typically crave things like the sugar and the fatty laden foods, which make you feel good in the short term. There's nothing wrong with these foods. If you were, you know, I don't have, and we don't talk about on this podcast, good and bad foods, but you're going up against these things that may make you feel good, giving into the cravings for the short term, but then you end up, you end up in a place that you may have guilt and shame afterwards And I don't want you to be that way either. And so again, if you feel like that you're hungry, eat. But if you're, if you feel like it's because of one of these things, you're either not drinking enough water, you're sleep deprived and you're stressed. I want you to kind of reevaluate that because remember that your body with cortisol, right? So this is a hormone that is stimulated when your body is under a lot of stress. And the reason why you stimulate that hormone is like, it's trying to get your bad your body ready for battle, right? So it's trying to get all that energy from the foods, from those foods that tend to be more caloric so that you can win that battle. And so you have this surge of this cortisol hormone, but then what do you do with it? Because you're not going into battle. So it's just gonna hang out in your just gonna hang out in your body and keep creating this vicious cycle where you're gonna have this you're going to have all these stress hormones going around. And then you're also, you also have this imbalance of the hunger, um, appetite hormones too. So it just kind of keeps you in this place that you continue to crave some of the foods, um, until you're able to get enough sleep and manage your stress. So the solution for this would be make sure that you get enough sleep minimum of seven hours. If you can do that, hydrate yourself and manage your stress. And so that might be 
that might go along with the kind of the first solution that we were talking about in trying to figure out and create some kind of outlet for you when it comes to your stress. Because not only will having some kind of stress management help with the cravings, but ultimately it's going to help with something that's even bigger than cravings, which is your your cortisol production. And so you really want to get to a place that your stress is controlled so that you can lower that cortisol and that you don't have all those stress hormones circulating in your body. And then the third thing that I would I would look at when you're having any of these cravings would be to look at what you ate today. And mainly I'm talking about what does the composition of your food look like? I know that we've all had this experience where we feel like we ate a lot of food, but those foods might have been like really um, high in those like simple carbohydrates and maybe didn't have enough protein in them. And so you may have eaten this big meal, but then like an hour later, you feel like super hungry. Has anyone ever felt that way? I know I have. Um, I think a big one for me would always be like if I was eating Chinese food which I haven't eaten in years, which I do love. But my son has all these nut allergies, so we just don't have it in the house. Um, But so what happens is, is I know if you're eating Chinese food, if you ever see like if you get white rice and then you're eating that white rice, so that tends to be something that doesn't have as much fiber in it, that white rice. And so it's not going to give you that feeling of feeling full. And so what I would say to you is kind of look at what you're eating and try to figure out what the composition of the food is. You ultimately want a balance of all of your macronutrients. So that tends to be your carbohydrates, your protein, and your fat. They all contribute something different. So if you have an imbalance, you may feel like you're not feeling full. You, What like protein does, and I would say it's really important to have protein with your meals, And I'm not telling you to go crazy with your protein either. I'm telling you just to probably have a serving size of protein at all meals. And a serving size typically is about a half a cup of beans or about three ounces of cooked chicken, um, four ounces of raw, cooked down to three. People say that it's the size of a deck of cards, a protein source, or the palm of your hand. Um, if you have a big palm of your hand, that's going to be bigger than you need to have. It's typically, again, like the size of it and thickness of a deck of cards and about three ounces cooked. So what protein does is it really helps give you that feeling of satiety and fullness. Because what happens is, is that everybody tends to avoid carbohydrates, but that's what your body really, your body really it's like its preferred source of fuel and energy. So the first thing that you're going to do when you get all, when you eat a meal is your body's going to go and try to get the food that it prefers the most, which is going to be those carbohydrate rich foods. So they're, they tend to be absorbed very quickly in your body, but protein, it'll eventually get to the glucose. That's what your body loves. It'll eventually get there, but it takes longer for it to break down. And it has to go through a different mechanism than it does for just ordinary carbohydrates. So having something like protein and having something like a little bit of um, a fat with the meal will help really give you that feeling of satiety. And fiber helps too. So a lot of times 
you'll hear like dietitians or nutritionists, whatever, talk about like making sure that you have whole grain products. So the reason why we say whole grain over like a white product is because anything with whole grain in it is going to have fiber. So for instance, I told you weeks ago about the story about my son and he's always constipated and he had this big blowout at school. So we've been doing, trying to get more fiber into his diet so that we can maintain bowel regularity, right? But also what fiber is going to do is it's going to help make you feel full because fiber can't, your body can't absorb it. So it's going to be used as a bulking agent and it's also going to help make you feel full. So the reason why the preference is for having foods like if you had a, a piece of like whole grain bread and white bread or even whole grain right brown rice as opposed to white rice we're going to have you we recommend that you have whatever is going to have the most fiber in it which is going to be the whole grain or the whole wheat and for my son, this is what we're doing. We're looking at all these food items and trying to figure out what has enough fiber in it to kind of help bulk him, make him feel, make him feel full, and then also help with his his bowels as well. And so look at what you're eating. Typically, you know, if you're eating <clears throat> fruit, you're gonna get you're gonna get you're gonna get some fiber from that, especially if you're eating the skins. And it, like, think about it. If you're eating an apple versus an apple sauce, the apple's going to have the skin on it. That's what's going to have the fiber. That's going to contribute to having satiety. And it's going to be really good for you because it's going to help keep your bowels nice and healthy. And there is an increased risk of colon cancer um, that we're seeing in people over, you know, younger people, people probably our age. And so it just kind of helps with that too. Fiber is also really important when it comes to this probably like any age group over 40, I would say, and even before that, anybody who's at risk for diabetes, fiber is really great because it helps keep your blood sugar stable for a long period of time. And so fiber does some really great stuff in the sense that it keeps you feeling satiated. It keeps your bowels healthy, and it also helps maintain your blood sugar so that you don't get the spikes up and down, up and down from when you're eating food. So always, if you can do that, look at what you've eaten today in each of your meals and try to get a little bit of protein with each meal. That's going to be the main thing. And then also making sure that you get some fiber so that you're not having meals that are just all carbohydrate base that you're having some of the macronutrients and including carbohydrates because we need them in our body that's what your body prefers protein and fat which take a little bit longer to digest um so kind of look back at that and figure out what you're doing in terms of that and figuring out if you're getting enough of those things or if you maybe need to change the composition of the food that you're eating so that you get into a place that you feel full and then you don't have those cravings. So look at what you ate and try to figure out if you're completely craving something, what it is that you had today and figure out what you most recently have. And it just helps you because if you're kind of eating the same things and you're having the same cravings, perhaps you need to do something with the, the content of that particular meal to help you, to give you that feeling of fullness so that it can then ultimately help you not have that craving. So, you know, when we talk about all these things, these are things that 
that we're trying to do for the longer term, right? Because we're not just, we're not just looking in, and you'll see like all of these recommendations that we even talk about today, it helps so many other things because with this podcast, it's all about like your whole health. It's very hard, I think, when it comes to health to just do one thing. There's so many things that encompass our health. And so you're trying to nurture and and give yourself like enough that it's you're like dealing with the whole person and not just this little piece, which is just nutrition. Um, although with cravings, you know, some of that is going to be food related, but then some of it might not be, it might be related to, it might be related to hormones that are in hormonal imbalance. It could be related to any of the emotions that you may or may not be feeling. And so it's never too late if you feel like that you're somebody who is having these cravings to really start to evaluate, evaluate what's going on in your life and trying to figure out if there's maybe some underlying emotions happening, if you're having these cravings because of something you see on TV or or a smell or something that's familiar or somebody's eating something, or if you're just really like, if it's a habit or if it's something that you're really stressed or if it's an emotion that you just are trying not to deal with, which I suspect is probably for most people, it's just easier sometimes to eat something because you can help manage that emotion and get that instant gratification and you don't have to wait for it. But I want to remind you that like, just because you do that now, it doesn't mean that you have to continue to do that. The more you do something different the more you continue to reinforce that behavior, the easier it gets. And so, you know, I encourage you and and to motivate you and just let you know that you always have an opportunity to do something different. And if you're really struggling with cravings, I mean, you could also speak with your doctor to see if you are deficient in anything. I mean, we definitely see people and especially when women are pregnant and they, they have something called pica and they could be craving things that are non food related, like, um, ice or chalk or, um, or like different starches, different like baking sodas or things like that, or cornstarch. And that's something too. So perhaps if you find that you're doing something and it's craving, especially if it's a non-food item, maybe just touch base with your doctor and figure out if you um, are having any nutrient deficiency that you need to kind of get looked at. So overall, it's kind of the same thing. Don't deprive yourself. If you're hungry, eat. If you are not hungry, but you're having a craving, try to figure out what the underlying emotion is, if that's what's causing it, and try to figure out some kind of separate thing or a different thing that you can that you can energize or or kind of like get to a place that you have another outlet for um to to do something with all of whatever feeling that you're feeling so i appreciate you guys for listening and i will see you guys back here next week remember that it's very helpful for you to share this podcast episode if you feel like it would be helpful to someone you know, because as the podcast grows, we can record more episodes and more topics to help serve you on your journey to whole health, because this podcast is for you. So 
You can catch up on any old episodes by subscribing or listening now. And again, anything that you wish to talk about on a topic that perhaps you haven't heard, always you can hit me up on my email, which is info at Trisha, T-R-I-C-I-A-R-D.com. I hope you guys have a great week and I'll see you guys back here next week. Take care.